Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guess. Well, here we are. This is the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode 160. I'm Paul Spain, and with me is... Harley Ogier. I'm the editor of PC World. And Ben Bodley, CEO of Technique Limited. Great to have you both here. Uh, especially you, Ben, your first time on the... Well, no, actually, it's not the first time on the podcast, is it? Right. We interviewed you back in uh, in Vegas, CES... Uh, in yeah, January, beginning of the year. That's right. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. There was uh, not too many, not too much of a Kiwi contingent, but we were there. Yeah, um, no, it was. It was really. We'll be representing really next year. So, um, perfect. Yep. Um, and actually, by the way, if there is anyone listening in who's going to be at um, at CES at the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in January, uh, do do ping us because uh, we're looking to uh, just just connect with all the Kiwis that are, that are heading out. Uh, for CES, and it seems there's sort of a, a growing number of people that are making it across there. Um, Harley, good to have you back on the show. Always good to be here. Now give us an update, pcworld.co.nz. How's that uh, going? You must be a couple of months in or so um, since you took over the, the editor role and um, IDG, it's coming under the IDG banner. Indeed, we're uh, going along pretty well. We've just started up our email newsletter again, actually, which we uh, hadn't been running since we left Fairfax Media back at the end of July. So um, it's, that's cool, a chance to do a little bit of an editorial for me, which is something that you don't really do much in the website form. And uh, it's been a really busy week with the uh, Xbox and PlayStation and such at the moment, which I think we'll get on to later. Yep, definitely. All right, well, uh, well, let's jump in. Now, one thing I came across that uh, had me somewhat fascinated uh, is the concept of technology being able to generate a taste for you. Um, I mean, we, 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 you know, we're used to computer-generated sounds and visuals, but computer-generated taste is, just kind of seems absolutely bizarre. Uh, there's a, there was an article uh, in the, in the um, Telegraph in the UK that uh, that I that I picked up uh, about this uh, this this technology. What do you think of it, Harley? Well, I saw that when you uh, popped that on the agenda, and um, I had a look and had a bit of a laugh. But I mean, it does kind of make sense what they're talking about using it uh, potentially, so you could so, say sample the taste of something from a cooking show. But it's. I mean, it's new in one regard, but the generated smell has been something that people have looked mm. at before. And I remember reading articles on that, um, you know, three or four years ago. And that was going to be so you could do things like sample perfumes in a store. So with taste and smell being so close, I mean, I can see chemically how it would work, but it seems one of those things that I, I can see how it could work. And I can certainly see a, 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 you know, a lot of use cases for it, but I don't know if it's the kind of thing that we'll actually end up with in our homes in the future at all. Well, they, they mentioned they were talking about it for uh, for computer gaming. Uh, Benny, much of a much of a gamer, could you uh, could you see this maybe in a boxing fight? You know, if you uh, you you know you, you get punched out uh, by your uh, you know remote or your computer opponent, um, the technology might not be there, and we might not want it there for a um, a fist to come uh, to come at us. But uh, maybe to taste a little bit of blood would that add something to the game? I think it certainly would, Paul. I think the um, it's 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 like um, Harley was saying around the the uh, taste and smell going together. Um, this is sort of a technology, and maybe it's maybe it's there's a combination of them both um, that that actually might might see this thing kicking off. As you say, the smell thing. Um, I've seen a little wee USB thing sitting next to your keyboard. 
um, you know, and um, and and trying to make that that move forward. Maybe the taste is there. Maybe it is coming into this gaming gaming stuff. I know there's a lot of the big um, the 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 VR um, type headsets projects recently on Kickstarter. So maybe you're seeing a combination of those things. And I don't, I don't want to sit there and look like. Um, I uh, look like a wearing like a great big mask there, but you know, and then you got something in your mouth so you can get the taste, and it, it can be pretty freaky looking, I imagine. I think you, I think you need to be able to spit it out and actually talk to somebody, you know, talk to the other people that you're playing with. So, um, yeah. But look, it's all it's all very interesting, and um, it, it's just it, it's cool to see the technology getting there, and it, maybe we'd see that in um, in in you know understanding you know so that uh, robotics can actually understand what our food tastes like. So we might see something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always good just to see that there are new developments coming along mm. in these, you know, somewhat uh, abstract areas. But you know, over time, it could actually turn into uh, into something that's just every day. Someone's someone's funding it, right? So someone's interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now. Uh, the new app that came out last week, we didn't have a chance to talk about this, it was from Kiwi Bank, uh, an app called uh, Home Hunter, and they've also got a, uh, you can access it over the, over the web as well. Um, seemed like quite a quite a cool concept. Mm. Website's I've, down. Yeah, well, they've, got, they've got some issues. So this happened uh, when I was looking over the weekend, and, and it's still saying it. When you go into the website, it says, Sorry, folks, we're having some technical glitches right now, so some of our functionality is temporarily unavailable. Our techs are working on it. Thanks for your patience. So here we are a few days down the track, and uh, their, their product, I mean, the concept behind it sounded really, really good, and... You know, I had, when when I got the invite to the event uh, for for this launch, that sounds interesting, and I had a bit of a thought around what I would think would make it really uh, really useful, and they seem to have you know delivered that, uh, but they haven't quite been able to deliver on the reliability piece. So at the moment, when you use the uh, website and I think also the app, the images. You, mm-hmm. So what it is 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 uh, a an app that you can go through quite quickly, get pre approval to purchase a um, a home. In, in certain uh, cases, so if you fit into their kind of standard segment, if you're a, if you own your own business or there's certain things like that, then you're going to fall outside of those standard criteria, and it might be a few days before you hear from them. But if you fall into the sort of core category, you earn the right amount, you've got enough deposit, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they'll pre-approve you to, uh, to to get a place. And then once they've done that, you get access to uh, their database. Of properties that are available for sale, and they get they throw in a bit of extra information around uh, previous sales in the area, a little bit more than what you'd see on Trade Me, for instance. Uh, I think there in terms of data, and they also give you an estimated price on what they think it will sell for, which is actually a range, so it's not that useful. But you could probably pick the middle point, and uh, in theory, that would be reason reasonably accurate. So. Seemed like quite a good idea. Then drawing from the Real Estate um, Institute or the, um, was it realestate.co.nz website in terms of a database and then throwing this extra information uh, around it, which, as I say, sounded quite good, but the fact that um, it's a little bit unreliable at the moment means uh, that's probably going to, you know, hurt the excitement around this uh, this this new uh, uh, new product. But if you are in the market for a house, it is worth uh, it is worth jumping through the hoops to uh, uh, have a go. And I think for them, if they can just get a small percentage of home buyers that 
uh, you know, we're certainly you know not Kiwi Bank customers to try this out just for the extras that you get. Uh, and you've got to have gone through that pre-approval process. This could uh, this could bump up you know the amount of uh, you know, mortgages that they're uh, that they're signing, and probably not for a huge investment to to launch the product. So yeah, an in- interesting idea. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've um, we've we've bought and sold um, uh, before, and, um, and 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 there is a lot of pain in the process. Um, I think it's good for a brand. To um, to package this up into 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 a little concise offering like that, um, so I think you know people are just going to find this. They're going to sit, you know, they're going to hear hear about it. As I say, once they get that good feeling and things are working along, things are going pretty smoothly. Well, hey, you know, I I used to be with ASB, but now I'm, I'm, I'm I think I might move down this path, you know, because I've had a good feeling about it. So, you know, it's a bit of market saturation, isn't it? You know, so... Yeah, and even if you don't change banks because of the app, but you mm-hmm. use it and it yeah. gives you, you know, a good feeling about that brand, um, then you're much more likely to consider, uh, you know, Kiwi Bank in the future, mm-hmm. even if you don't make a change, you know, at this particular time. It offers a really interesting upheaval of the of the whole sort of buying concept as well, just in the abstract, not, not even just to do with houses, in that normally, I mean, people go out and look for what they want to buy and then work out if they can afford it. And in this case, they're saying work out what you can afford and then we'll show you what's available to buy. And and something like home buying, where it's not just like you'll go a bit over on your credit card, it's that, you know, whether you can physically live or not with this mortgage, then that makes a lot of sense rather than, you know, look, going and looking for houses you love and then trying to get approval to buy Oh, absolutely. And it's a, actually, it's a huge frustration with house hunting or home hunting, as they're calling it, um, because at, at the current time in New Zealand, the large majority of houses don't have a value against them. Uh, and you don't, and the listings necessarily have, you know, you can't search on Trade Me, for instance, based on CV or based on a estimated sale price. So you, you know, if you, you cut it down, and, and it also won't let you sort of sort by those with a fixed price and so on, but, you know, this is capturing what it thinks they're going to sell for. And as you say, it limits it based on, uh, on what you've been pre-approved for. So I think, I think there's, um, um, there's a lot of value in that, and they've got um, they've got one fun little feature in there as well, uh, which is you can um, it uses GPS obviously to pick pick where you are, and uh, and then it's it's got a um, a feature that lets you pick sort of the the time of year you're interested in, and it'll show you what the sun path will be. So as you sort of you know you move your phone, you'll be able to sort of see where the sun's going to come, so where it would be coming in, which windows, and so on at a particular time of you know year, particular. You know, date and time sort of thing, uh, which is something you w- just wouldn't know otherwise until you got in there and then found, oh, it's, you know, it's a little bit dark in this corner. You actually figure that out. Um, that's, I mean, as, as gimmicky as that sounds, I mean, that's a massive thing because, I mean, I, I uh, grew up in a real estate loving family and both parents have worked at real estate agencies at various points. And the number of people, I mean, buyers and agents who carry around a compass and things to work these out is, is actually quite high. I mean, people do think about those kind of things. It's just normally really hard to work out. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, full credit to, uh, to to Kiwi Bank, and I, I mean, I, th- I actually think it's really good the innovation that we're seeing from banks in the technology space, uh, and and you know, and generally, there's just much more competition than what we've uh, you know what we've seen previously over the you know you look over the last sort of five years or so. And it just seems to be an accelerating, uh, you know, pace from, uh, from the banks, whereas it used to be that you know, banks are banks. 
Uh, but they're really doing these uh, smart things to innovate. So um, I hope we will continue to see more of this stuff. Uh, n- now, ah, so many things to talk about. Um, now, one gadget we've got sitting in front of you there, uh, Ben, is a little, um, there's, a, there's a big battery uh, sitting on the desk in front of you. Just grabbing it. What's this called? Is that Power All? Is that the? Um... It is. It's the Power All. Um, it's a. Um, it's a fairly solid feeling. You know, good, good, um, chunky, um, all-in-one device of the the USB. It's a little bit um... portable. But I guess it's. I mean, we've seen a few of these before in terms of portable uh, USB chargers. So it's a big chunky battery, isn't it? That you 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 charge it up. And then you can plug in, you know, generally you can plug in your smartphone or your tablet uh, if you run out of juice while you're traveling or, you know, whatever you're up to um, and you're away from being able to plug into the wall. But this one's got a few more bits to it. Yeah, no, the, um, I think it's got the torch there, so it's got that sort of extra useful function. But the, um, I think the, the interesting thing here is this, 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 uh, this little doodacky can uh, start your car. I know it's in, it's insane, isn't it? It's just um, it's not what you would it's not what you would expect. That's why I'm leaning away from you, away from the device with enough energy to probably blow me up. <laughs> well, we saw on the front there that's 400 um, 400 amp, um, and uh, yeah, it's got the jumper cables in the kit there. So um, you know you you, you know you, whilst you can also um, charge up your iPhone, you can you can get that car moving. Yeah, you'd um, want to be a little bit cautious about how you uh, how you plug those um, those cables in, right? So it's got a wee um, it's got a wee protective flap there, just to keep make sure that um, you know you're not you're not sort of exposing your tongue to that. Um, <laughs> but I think I think overall it's actually it's actually lighter than you'd expect. It's a lighter unit, so um, they've obviously got something secret under the hood there that's been able to deliver something um, over and above the standard. Uh, standard standard sort of battery storage, USB storage. Yeah, very cool. Twelve hundred, um, uh, twelve thousand milliamp hour battery, I think. Um, but yeah, very innovative what they've uh, what they've done with it. So mm. well worth a look if you, you know, a lot of people have these sort of. Um, you can get those portable, uh, you know, batteries to take around for you know for jump starting a car, but they're a whole lot bigger than this, and they've only got that one specific thing that they can do. Whereas this is actually much more useful having the. Uh, yeah, the torch built in that you might you know, might use from time to time. You keep that in your car, and uh, and having the um, the I think the two point one amp uh, USB ports on it for charging your tablet or um, you know a smartphone etc. Pretty cool. Very. All right, now there's a bit going on in the gaming world at the moment. Really, you could say that one or two things. <laughs> so. We had the uh, the PlayStation Four launch in the US, um, getting on towards two weeks ago, and then uh, last week it was the launch of the Xbox One on um, you know launched first in New Zealand on Thursday evening or, or Friday morning twelve oh one twelve a.m. Yep, yep. Uh, and New Zealand being you know the time zone that we're in got that uh, first in the world. That's always the great thing with Microsoft launches; they do their rollout at midnight, so we always win. They're pretty. They're pretty good, aren't they? At uh, at at putting New Zealand in the startup, you know, start lineup. I mean, we're seeing less companies tending to do that. Not so much from Apple anymore, and uh, certainly this time around, uh, the Sony uh, PlayStation launch 
you know, didn't didn't cover New Zealand. I mean, it was pretty much US and Canada, wasn't it? We're uh, usually um, very much a tier two country for any company that has that concept for launches, aren't we? Yeah. So anyway, the the product the products here. So look at looking at the Xbox One, um, Harley. You were there at the the launch, as was I. Uh, you've jumped in and you've been uh, you've been playing around quite a bit with the Xbox One over the last few days. I have been. I have been. I'm aiming for a uh, Friday review at the latest because um, uh, any sooner than that, and I, I was hoping to get it actually done on you know the first day or two. But when you really start going into it, there's not that much radically new from the Xbox 360. But there's so many things that you have to check if they are different. And in most cases so far, I'm finding that yeah, they're kind of slightly better, but. I, I've yet to see anything that's rocked my world as to as to being so different as say the 360 was from the original from a Xbox. Gaming, from a gaming perspective, or from an overall perspective. From an overall perspective, I mean, from a gaming perspective, the graphics. I've been playing with a few of the launch, launch titles: um, Forza, whatever, uh, Dead Rising Three, and uh, Rise. Um, and I mean, the graphics are a lot better than I've seen in 360 games, but they're not a lot better than I've seen in, in PC games. They just look you know, normal for a good PC game that I'd run on my gaming desktop. And I wouldn't expect that. That's because you've got probably a five hundred dollar video card or you know, a a reasonably a reasonably powerful uh, video card. It's a thousand dollar video card. Yeah, well I I was trying to understate it. I guessed you were probably at the higher end there. So I mean this is a this is a machine that obviously costs less than just your video card, but it does. It does. But it's the whole thing. Um I mean how how close did it stack up for you on the graphics front? To it, to uh, to what you can do on your much more expensive PC. I mean, I would say it would probably be about the same. My my expensive PC is is quite old now. If I were to sell that video card now, I'd probably get fifty bucks for it. But um, the it's more a matter of. I mean, I've seen games that look you know pretty much. Not as good, but I've seen games that I would find just as visually appealing on the Xbox 360. It's. I mean. There, there does look like there is a leap forward, but I'm not sure how much of a leap because we're already at a point where things look so good. When we had the original Xbox or the PS2, we were still at the stage where characters looked like marionettes. And now, I mean, on the 360 and the PS3, we've got to some such a state already that any improvement will just be more and more incremental. I mean, I think the Xbox One is a great console, and I would go out and if I had to go and buy a console right now from the 360 or the One, I'd, I'd go for the for the One definitely yep. for all the new things it adds. But if you've got a 360 right now, I, I can't see why you'd replace it unless you wanted to play a game that's only available on the new console, or you play competitively and everyone in your circle is also upgrading. I, I can't see a reason you'd go out and ditch it, whereas I would have totally gone out and ditched the original Xbox for the 360, because suddenly games looked, you know... Absolutely. ...at a PC level. And have you got any expectation on on the move from uh, PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4? Do you have a similar sort of thought that you expect a similar type of leap? I, I expect a similar type of leap in that there'll be, there'll be a definite leap in graphics over the previous console, but not anywhere near as mind-blowing as from as from the previous to the original. But, I mean, that, again, that's just a matter of the, te- of the technology and, and the level that we're at. I mean, we're still sitting around Uncanny Valley, more or less. And, I mean, maybe some of the newer titles, when uh, that's usually the case. Because we've the, just got the... Yeah. We're just scratching the surface, aren't yeah, we? With exactly. The, the, the initial well, uh, games, uh, you know, will not be really pushing the console no, to no, its limits. The, the launch titles are when the developers are still working out that new console. And when we start to get to, you know, a year or two in, maybe we will start to see things push the Uncanny Valley, which we're still not really doing on PC even, so... 
All right. Well, a few things that's, that uh, stood out in my use, and I'm a little bit, or a lot, probably a lot less of a gamer than you are, Harley. Uh, although I did spend probably too much time playing um, Forza Five, uh, and I'm now slowly, you know, starting to, um, yeah, you know, get my head around around that. Uh, the Skype on the Xbox One with the new Connect, which has the full HD camera, it's got the uh, you know array microphones, is a is actually quite a significant uh, change. And I was talking to uh, a friend over the weekend who is based in Australia. He's a photographer, so he's you know he, visual things are important to him. And what he said to me was uh, after you know I connected with him and so on. Uh, and what the, what happens is the um, with that high definition camera, it follows you sort of around, as it were. So it zooms in on where you where you're sitting and so on. And he said it was almost like uh, there was a photo- there was a there was someone film in the room filming me because of the way that you've got that high definition and it was actually able to zoom in on where I was and you know much better than I guess the capability on the Xbox 360 which didn't have Skype anyway but it, it used to have the uh, um, you know the mess- the video messenger um, capability uh, but that was a much lower definition camera and uh, this seemed to work really really well so um, for me that was a bit of a standout and, much, and, it, and he was just saying look it's much more interesting than you know what I could see of him which was just him sitting still in place not, you know nothing going on and you're able to zoom out to the whole room and then it would you know you put the zoom on and it just zooms zooms in really smooth and quite nice uh, and enough definition to do that so um, that was quite cool, quite pleased with that. Uh, now, there are some limitations with the Xbox One, and this is probably part of what you would have noticed, Harley, is the voice control's not turned on for New Zealand yet, right? Yeah, I saw a uh, Twitter friend suggest setting it to United States would fix that, and, and it did. Um, I didn't even have to put on an accent. It just works absolutely fine. But I, I find it, I mean, I understand why a bigger market with the American accents than New Zealand accents, but it still kind of irks me that we are the first country in the world to get it. And yet if you set it to New Zealand, you can't use one of the most touted features. Yeah, and I think it would be helpful if they would just give us a date on, look, that's going to work from, you know, 1st of January or from 2016 or something. So you just, you just know. And I don't think they have given any sort of specifics, have they? No. And we had the exact same thing when we were first in the world to get uh, Windows Phone and you couldn't use a lot of the voice functionality. Or I believe you couldn't get direct, yeah, you couldn't search for an address and have it go to Bing Maps. Unless you set it to US, even if you're looking for a New Zealand address. And I think my Windows phone is still set to US because of that, even though it came in at New Zealand at some point. Yeah. So I set, I mean, I've got a, um, a Microsoft account that's a New Zealand one and I've got a US one. So I was really testing as much of the US things after playing with the New Zealand things. And I found there is quite a big difference at the moment between, you know, what, Xbox One delivers to a US audience or someone configured with that US ID uh, and what it delivers to a New Zealand audience. And I think that uh, will hurt yeah, Microsoft's sort of potential, I guess, in terms of you know, how many Xboxes they're going to sell to people that maybe aren't so, um, yeah, so focused on the gaming. From the gaming perspective... Uh, I mean, I think we've got to wait and see that, you know, the, the PlayStation 4 is not even out here in New Zealand. And to a big degree, I think the success of either, either platform 
will relate to the amount of market share they grab. Now, we looked at some numbers uh, some months ago, and at that time in some of the stores that we uh, we were able to um, survey just quietly, uh, we were seeing sort of five to one uh, uh, pre-sales of the PlayStation 4 versus the Xbox One. Now, from what people have told me, that's, that's balanced out a bit more, but to what degree... Yeah, that balances and and so on could make a big difference. I mean, if we were to look worldwide and we find out, oh look, you know, PlayStation's outsold Xbox One by three to one, or or vice versa with with uh, Xbox, that's going to make a big difference from who's going to develop games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people won't want to put as much effort into developing for a platform that's much smaller. But if both platforms end out with roughly a similar share, or you know, not too far off, then. I would think both would uh, should remain reasonably competitive. Well, that's where we've been at in the previous generation, isn't it? With the with the three and the three sixty. I mean, Pretty very close. similar sort of shares when you look at it. And so we've had very few exclusives, and there there's always been a few like uh, Killzone on one and, and Halo on the other. And sure, but I mean, apart from a few very big name exclusives, there haven't been many developers that haven't just targeted both platforms and PC. Yeah, so I think I mean, and also the hardware is so similar, and uh, and you know certainly from that sort of core gaming perspective in terms of processing power and graphics and so on, um, you know the 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 um, you know PlayStation arguably has some you know um, some better things from a performance wise, but then you know the Xbox has got some other entertainmenty things like the HDMI uh, input, so. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the bit I'm waiting for is just to see how the market shares sort of um, yeah pan out over the over the next few months ahead, and then what games sort of come over a period of time, which in part will be driven by those market shares. Mm, I must just say on that HDMI input, pro tip: if to play your old Xbox 360 games, plug your 360 into the HDMI input. That's what I've done. Yeah, it's quite cool. What I did was um, I had to, to to really get the best out of it. I found that I needed to switch over to US because the the you don't get a whole lot of options around your HDMI input in New Zealand, uh, mainly because the key one of their key features, the One Guide, uh, just is not enabled at all for the New Zealand market. But if you can cope without having this, uh, you know. Um, uh, what do you call it, uh, electronic program guide of, of what's coming on uh, and you're willing to use some of the other features, you can actually go through that US setup and I've got it so it can uh, it can control my projector, it can control my TiVo and it can control the um, Sony uh, DN1020 which is a um, uh, my amplifier and uh, all of those are being, you know, able to be uh, controlled. So you can actually speak, you know, I was speaking to the Xbox and you can say volume up, volume down, and it's taking control of the amplifier, pushing the volume up, pushing the volume down. You can pause, play, you know, your TV. So anything um, that supports that HDMI control channel. Well, it's uh, no, it's doing it via infrared. Oh, right. Because it's got enough information about... Yeah, the the, bit, the the gadgets that I have, or or the US equivalents of them, uh, yeah, it's a, it was able to take control of, of as I say the you know, projector, 
Uh, I didn't do too much project, uh, testing on the projector to be fair, but certainly the TiVo uh, and the Sony amplifier. I mean, it had full it had full control over that stuff, which was really nice. Was very clever. I hadn't realised that was over infrared. So that's how it changes your TV channel when you select something in the electronic program guide. Yeah, yeah. So um, so quite neat, but not all there, and certainly not designed for the New Zealand market. Uh, so one thing I couldn't work out how to do without picking up the TiVo remote or something else uh, was channel up and down. Um, now, I didn't have too much playing with that, but um, I imagine that's because of not having the full electronic programming guide. That's how they want you to, to do it rather than doing the old school you know, channel up and down. Uh, but yeah, there are there are other ways of doing that. But yeah, not a not a, certainly not a complete sort of solution. Uh, but quite interesting on, all the on same. On the path though, on the path, and I think that um, you know maybe that sort of comes back to Microsoft's focus, maybe getting a little bit more into that living room and um, and doing a little bit more of that integration work. I mean that's 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 a tough. That's a tough uh, cookie to crack, and and you you know tough nut to crack. You get, there's a lot of devices. There's a lot of lot of people. No, no one really likes to talk to each other. Um, you know, Sony Sony's very much a Sony shop, and so you often find that um, you know you, you've got the PlayStation Four, and it also works with the Sony TV and a few other things. So it's good to see that Microsoft is, is perhaps um, perhaps going to have a little bit more of an advantage in the living room, and that might make, that coming back to the market discussion uh, could you could see um, you could see Perhaps they're different purchases, um, people buying these for, for integration into the home, um, and, um, but also with the gaming, you know, so, um, again. Well, you, and you've got a Blu-ray player, of course, in, in both new consoles, as yep. was, did the PS3. Um, but, you know, there's quite a, there's quite a few entertainment-y, mm-hmm. uh, features in the Australian market. We're seeing, um, some of the TV channels have their own app, uh, already on the Xbox One, uh, at least one of them. Um, none of that just yet in New Zealand. So there's a huge opportunity. Uh, of course, with a US account, you can be running Netflix and, and so on as well. And I tried some of those apps out and, you know, they worked really, really well. Uh, so, yeah, I think Microsoft's real potential to, you know, to try and win more market share from Sony will be around them getting this entertainment side right. And, but, yeah, but still, it's anyone's game just yet. And, uh, you know, I just don't know how it's going to, how it's going to pan out because Microsoft did so badly, uh, with their initial announcements and, uh, yeah, people, people were unhappy. I think a lot of the turnaround after that uh, hopefully might save their skin, but um, still looks bad in the history books. Oh, well. Now, um, just one one last uh, sort of gaming-related thing. Um, Harley, we've got a mouse here, um, Logitech's uh, G602. Now, I know you've re- reviewed this recently on uh, on PC World. You gave it a, a reasonably good uh, rating. Now, you know, most of us are used to just a, a normal mouse that you run your computer with. Speak um, for yourself. I am, I am. Um, just run us through what the highlights were for you and why gamers should have a dedicated, uh, should spend some money on a dedicated gaming mouse if they're PC gamers. I mean, half the reason you spend the money on a dedicated gaming mouse is to get something that you can actually hold on to comfortably because if you're going to sit there for an eight or ten hour gaming session and you know you do, even if it's when your partner's out of the house, you know you do. Um, just a regular old, um, you know, sort of uh, ovoid-shaped mouse with a flat bottom is is not, you know, great to hold on to. So this is a very contoured mouse, the G602. Um, it's got, I mean, it looks kind of like a combination of something that you would see in a jet fighter cockpit and a sort of Klingon weapon with a very pointy front. I haven't tried stabbing anything with it, but I'm sure it would be effective if you had a home invasion while you were playing. Um, it's... 
it's uh, sort of on the border between your regular, um, you know, your most basic gaming mouse is still just a three-button mouse, left button, right button, and you can click the scroll wheel. Go home and try it on your normal mouse. You can totally click the scroll wheel. But um, your normal, your, your basic gaming mouse designed just for first-person shooters where you've got a few keyboard controls and, you know, you right-click to look down the sights and you left-click to make the people's heads explode, you can get away with a three-button mouse. Then on the other hand, people who play World of Warcraft can have, like, a 20-button mouse and you've got, you know, buttons for your thumb and for your other fingers to do everything with without you know having to touch your keyboard so you can be drinking a coffee with one hand and playing with just your mouse and i've got one of those at home i've got a 18 button mouse and and that's great and this is sort of your middle ground you've got um what logitech were calling uh 11 customizable buttons they really mean eight extra buttons because that's count the 11s counting you've got left, your right, left and, and right yeah, yeah. Yep. which i mean you could reassign your left mouse button to be to you know enter qx five and then press control but i mean that's gonna be really hard when you're trying to get around windows so sure. assuming you leave those buttons alone you've got eight extra buttons you've got um two on the left of the left button which by default changed the sensitivity so if you're running around and say call of duty and you switch from a you know, close-up situational weapon like a shotgun to something long-range like a sniper rifle, you might want to have the mouse less sensitive uh, when you're sniping. So you have to move at a greater distance on the desk to to move the uh, the reticle of the cursor. Um, and when you're running around with the shotgun, you might want to you know have a quarter of an inch movement on the desk, spend, send you almost 360 around, um, just depending on how you're playing. And to be able to adjust that on the fly is really useful and probably one of the most common features of gaming mice. Uh, I, I can that, imagine yeah. some of these features actually being quite good for other uses as well, though, right? Well, for, you know, CAD and, well, and was, design yeah. type work and so on. Um, yeah, pretty handy mm. to have uh, the extra buttons doing different things as well as that sort of sensitivity um, adjustment, I'd say, would be pretty handy. It's funny that you say that because I do a lot of hobbyist CAD and I use both of those functions exactly as you've described. I use the sensitivity a lot when I'm doing things like rotation. Um, I find that I, I like a much higher sense, sorry, much lower sensitivity when rotating objects than when I'm uh, moving them. And the, the thumb buttons are great because, I mean, CAD programs are very much keyboard shortcut-based. I also use them a lot in Photoshop um, for switching tools and things. But you've got six thumb buttons on here, um, which are really good, except the three are pretty easily accessible uh, on the bottom, and the three above that on the, on the top row are much less immediately accessible. So for really quick-fire in-game stuff, not so great. But uh, if, if you're using them for something you know, like bringing up an inventory or, or a, um objective screen that you don't do that often or that doesn't have to be to the second, then that's perfect. And in something like a CAD program, then they're just useful extra buttons. Cool. All right. Now, uh, two Kickstarter projects I'd like to talk about. Uh, now, first up is one called, uh, called Ninja Blocks. Now, this caught, this caught my attention uh, a few days ago. It's come out of uh, San, San Francisco. Uh, ben, maybe you can describe, uh, describe this, this one to us. So um, Ninja Blocks are, are, um, are a tangible way of using something like if this, then that. And if this, then that is, is, um, is, is a really interesting cloud-based service for um, basically, just connecting services together. It's 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 like a it's 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 a it's a fix a flexible um, glue really that says you know I'm um, just looking at a recipe now that's really hot. Saving new Instagram photos to my SkyDrive. So you know I'm someone of of um, you know I I want 
everyone, all the uh, Instagram photos that I'm posting, I also want a copy of them in my in my cloud based solution. I want them on my drive so that they pop up my desktop. Um, and um, and so you, you you know you set up an account with if this then that, um, and you you have these concepts called recipes, which are um, things that that people have written. It's it's almost like a drag and drop. You sort of um, grab a service here and you say, okay, well if um, if this service point here has a new photo, then uh, go and do something with it. I might want them to email me. Um, and this particular recipe is about putting it in the drive. So imagine that um, that the Ninja Blocks are like a real world version of that. It's like I get a I get a um, someone comes close to my door. Um, I want to turn on a light. You know, so right? I, so the ninja blocks can do certain things like sense temperature, yep. sense proximity, you know, etc. And then we'll do, and then we'll actually carry out a particular uh, physical action for you potentially, or trigger an email, or a tweet, or a something. That's right. I mean, you can you can do the um, you know you, you, you sense yourself sitting on your seat, and um, and you know there we go. That's a tweet. You know, you're at you're you're at your desk, um, and and. I mean, there's just a bunch of things that. I mean, this is just like little little blocks. It is. It's like Lego. Lego of the future. So you can, you know, you can you can bolt these things together as as, as toys. Um, you can configure them. Um, they're really they're, they're basically um, a, a bunch of tools to use. You know, around and just uh, configuring devices around your home or around your office. So it's fun little kit. You know, and um, and they look to be off to to a pretty good. Pretty successful sort of campaign. Yeah, yeah. One of the examples that uh, that they have on their uh, on their Kickstarter um, page is having a, a motion uh, detector, uh, and then if that picks up any motion, then it could um, take a photo and then actually tweet that uh, photo. So, I mean, there, there are innumerable things that you could uh, could do from it. Now, I've actually got mixed up with the location. It says these guys are based out of. Uh, Sydney. Well, I don't know where I got San Francisco from, um, but there you go. So yeah, so it's not not quite so far away as uh, as we might have thought. Now, uh, since uh, oh they've cl- they've closed, haven't they? A while back, um, these guys closed ages back. Why have I just come across them? Quite cool, anyway. Yeah, no, I think I think there's more and more people using the um, the um, you know the 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 if this then that and pro- providing like a tangible way for um, for people to be able to do these sort of things around the home is, is sort of like it, it it suits the hobbyist market. It's the Arduino market that isn't quite into the coding point. You know, you, mm. they're just gluing bits together. So um, yeah. So yeah, so they're 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 worth looking up, and um, there, there's a whole there's a whole lot of detail on their website now. And I think it was yeah, it wasn't their uh, Kickstarter, it was their Kickstarter campaign that sort of gave them the initial uh, uh, attention. But they've had quite a bit of attention uh, since then, and you can just now go and basically buy all their little bits and pieces. I mean, yeah, talking fifteen dollars US for a motion sensor, uh, f- yeah, fifteen dollars for temperature and humidity sensor. Um, you know, all these different bits and pieces that uh, that you can basically uh, you know end up um, tying together. So you know, pretty cost effective uh, you know te- technology for sort of building your own uh, your own own bits and pieces. So very cool. Um, but now we do want to talk about a um, a Kickstarter project that has has just kicked off, and that's um, 
that's what Ben's here really to uh, to chat to us about, as well as sharing his opinions on the other stuff. Yep. Um, ben, since since we uh, since we met in January, you've been uh, you've been working away. Your company Technique, uh, you've partnered up with uh, with another firm. Tell us about them and uh, and what this new project is. Yeah, no, we've um, we've been building cameras for um, for a number of ODMs and uh, OEMs overseas. Um, what, they- what's an ODM? ODM's an original design manufacturer and so um, uh, a lot of brands um, uh, use those sort of companies to, in fact, companies like Logitech, for example, good good example, um, and they will, they'll use ODM's to produce produce their mice. The ODM's will come up with a number of designs and, and Logitech will have a look at them and say, okay, we'll, we'll run with those and those and those and maybe let's tweak them and them and those and those. So we've been doing camera work for those sort of companies and um, uh, recently we partnered with a company, uh, just a local firm, um, Blender Design, who, um, specialise in mechanical industrial, uh, design. They're, an uh, expert bunch of guys. They did a lot of work with the, uh, with the Sea Legs boat. I don't know if you've, um, aware of that. That's a, a boat you can pretty much just sort of drive up, drive up from the beach and, yeah, drive down to the water and off you go. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Very cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a bunch of innovative guys. And so we sort of got together and said, you know, we've, we've been, um, Playing with a lot of cameras, and um, and and um, we started to sort of start iterating really on a on a product concept around a camera, um, and um, we've been uh, iterating over the last probably yeah eight months, building eight nine months, probably a little bit longer um, to be to be fair, um, and um, and that sort of culminated into into a launch on the Kickstarter. Crowdfunding Great. site. Now you lo- you launched uh, you launched about twenty four hours ago. Uh, you've set a, a pledge goal of a hundred thousand dollars US that you've got to raise. Yep. If you don't raise that, everyone who's uh, um, you know backed you gets their gets their money back, doesn't get any product. Um, but obviously, if you hit that hundred thousand, uh, tell us a little bit about the product, the QB product that it is that um, that backers are basically going to get their hand on, hands on, and uh, and really the sort of uniques from um, yeah from your perspective about it. Yeah, well, I think it, it, the um, the concept was was born around um, around the just capture of video. We were sort of getting frustrated with uh, with traditional smartphones um, and traditional action cameras. Um, we were always sort of the guy behind the uh, you know if you're recording the video, you're never in it, and um, and that led to two things. You know, one of them was um, was video that potentially wasn't as interesting and. And the other thing is, you know, the bits that you um, that you were enjoying yourself, you know, you're never going to pull your camera out. And so we sort of thought, well, what about what about a camera that we can just put down and then just jump in the action? And that's that's kind of what formed um, the basis for for the QB concept. Good. And so, I mean, basically, the the even though your spelling isn't like cube, but it is yep. it is very much like a uh, a little cube that you can just rest anywhere. Um, it's water resistant, so you know the odd splash and so on going to be all right. That's it. Uh, and I mean, it's quite unique in that it. Uh, I mean, there aren't so many cameras other than the sports cameras that it doesn't have a doesn't have a screen, so that's not going to tie up battery life. No. Um, but you, you've done. Um, you put a lot of work into um, setting it up in such a way that it is going to have a really long battery life, like a lot more than what we see in those um, in the sports cams, like the GoPro. Just just run us through why you why you've done that and. Um, yeah, what sort of battery life are you expecting these things are going to get once they uh, once they hit production? 
Yeah, well, that's it. Um, when when you when you are travelling with, well, when you are using a camera, battery life's definitely one of those things that can frustrate frustrate users. Um, we're, we're our target's five hours, so we want to we want to have a we want to have a camera that you can just put down, forget about for five hours, um, and that's in that's in a full motion uh, recording mode. And we when we can um, when we can save a little bit of battery power, particularly in time lapse, um, then then we're actually going to look to stretch that out to, to to close to two days. So that's a forty-eight hour uh, sort of window. So you can catch a couple of days of time lapse, a sunset, a sunrise, or you can you can really get in there and get a get a really interesting really interesting shots. Um, so you know, apart from the the you know the, apart from the, the you know the size is a little bit um, it's a small kind of friendly handheld cube. Um, a lot of it is battery. Yeah, to get to get to that target. Um, and what sort of definition camera are we we talking about? So it's a full full HD camera. So um, so I think um, everybody expects that. And um, and so while we can while we can uh, get the higher frame rates down at seven twenty or or, or or wide VGA, we've, we've, we think the the majority of user users are going to stick to to something that they can play back on their television, play back on their laptop or their smartphones. So that full HD thirty is um, is probably that sweet spot. Right, and these have got a, an element where they you, they tie into Wi-Fi, so Wi-Fi is built in, so you can connect via your smartphone and you can uh, upload footage to the cloud? Definitely. I think the, 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 the Wi-Fi um, is, is, is just ubiquitous now and, and, and people are used to... Um, you know, connecting to a hotspot of a device, and and that's that's effectively what QB is giving you. Um, when it's actually in range of your home Wi-Fi network, um, it'll actually roam onto that, and it'll and it'll go and synchronise all of those videos that it's taken. So um, that's that's another really extra usability point here. We're trying to make something that that um, takes away the concept of um, of transferring files, memory cards, you know, all of those sort of issues. Oh, I've got to drag and drop that file under here and there and. It, here and there, um, this is going to synchronise away, and it's going to use your Dropbox or your Google Drive account that you already have, um, or help you set up a new one, and um, and 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 then it's just going to notify your phone. And it's going to say, "Look, you know your videos are ready," so you can quickly share them. That, there's no upload at that point. You know it's already in the cloud, so you can just quickly push a button. So um, so we think that's going to resonate with um, just people wanting to wanting to capture some capture some cool stories. Yeah. And be in them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Harley, what were your thoughts on this? You were you were at uh, the launch last night. Indeed. Um, well, going into it, all I knew that it was it was that it was some kind of cube launch. But I love cubes, so I started to come along. And- <laughs> well, it's got a reason as any. Well, who doesn't love cubes? That's played Portal anyway. Um, by the way, you need a Portal uh, themed companion cube, kind of. Um, no, I, I think I think it's a really good idea. As I, I've. I've seen a lot of the action cams and things. I don't really do anything that would make good use of an action cam, but I've often sort of had a need to put a camera somewhere and record. And at the moment, that's, you know, you stick a smartphone in a clamp or you use a compact, you know, photo camera that has a video function. And, you know, none of that stuff is really aimed just at leave and capture video. And having a device that would create and fill that niche would be really useful especially something that is fairly compact and you can just put on something tiny like a Gorillapod. You don't need to set up a huge tripod. So I, I think there's there's definitely a niche there for that. Um, it's easily confused with something like an action camera like the GoPro, but that's not really the niche that it's, at least that I see it, trying to fill. 
I mean, it's, it's not. It designed might be to a mount good adjunct it. to yeah. that. So if you've got yeah. an action cam, that you might have one of these sort of, you know, or, or more of them sitting stationary, right? Exactly, and then having more of them makes sense because I mean, with a tiny, you know, cube like that, you can just place a few of them around something like a like a sports game or um, not, not that I would ever record a sports game personally but I mean it, it does provide that great sort of multi-angle solution if you're covering an event or something you know you put a few of them around the place get some different perspectives at the moment trying to do that who carries around three or four compact cameras mm. I mean no it does yeah. I, I think there's a potential it seems to me like it's sort of a, a new category so it doesn't quite fit with the things that are out there already so well we're, we're going to be interested to watch and um, Ben we certainly wish you all, all the best uh, with this one so good luck it seems you're off to a good start as we're looking in there now let me just uh, refresh the uh, the page that uh, you've raised just you've raised uh, you've got 150 backers and you've raised nearly 17,000 out of your uh, hundred thousand dollar uh, goal so that's not too bad for the first 24 hours no I think we're we're pretty happy with things tracking and um, yeah we're looking forward to to um to 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 doing well over our funding goal actually you know we're you know the team's uh, the team's pretty amped, pretty motivated. Yeah, well, I guess all of, you know this really comes down to, in a big part, into sort of social media and who online uh, comes across it and picks it up. Um, so what I'd encourage our audience is, look, if you do like this and you think it sort of stands out, um, you know, jump in and back it if if it's the sort of thing you'd want, and uh, and you know share it around on on whatever you know social platforms you use, Facebook, Twitter, uh, etc. And um, let's get behind this um, this cool Kiwi project and uh, and help it to sort of pick up some momentum uh, globally. Awesome. So uh, yeah. yeah, hey, well, I think uh, that just about wraps us up for this week there were a few other bits and pieces that we were hoping to squeeze in but I think we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to push those out to next week uh, because we're pretty much out of time so hey um, thanks everyone for listening in now you can track us down online nztechpodcast.com uh, we're at facebook.com slash nztechpodcast uh, and on twitter nztechpodcast so uh, pretty uh, easy to find uh, and on uh, on google plus and so on as well now Harley where do we find you online you can find me at pcworld.co.nz, um, or if you want to hear me ramble on about cats or ponies, I'm at Harley O-G-I-E-R on Twitter. Excellent. And Ben? Yeah, no, I think um, we've, we've, you know, people who are interested in cameras, miniature cameras and, uh, and wearable technology, um, just tune into Technique Limited, uh, Twitter tag there, and um, we also have the Google Plus there um, uh, that mirrors along that same, same line, so... Um, Good, good, good. And uh, to find the Kickstarter page, just a matter of jumping on Quickstarter and searching for uh, QB, which is Q-U-E-B-E-E. That's it. Excellent. That's good. And you can find me on uh, on Twitter at Paul Spain and uh, techjungle.com is, uh, is my Geek Zone blog there. Um, so, hey, thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll catch you all on the uh, on the next episode. See ya.